How you doing, Mark? Dude, I gotta be honest. I had a really lousy day, Johnny. I am in a funk. Okay, tell me about it. Okay, so... Number one, I gotta start. This isn't my fault, okay? Long story short, I was at a bar. Packers were down. I got a little squirrely. I might have popped a dude who was talking some really good shit. And, um... (laughs) I might have missed a uh, court appearance that I was supposed to have. And so, like, today, I'm supposed to have the day off. I get this knock at the door. It's some screwhead delivering me a pizza with the shotgun in the pizza box. What is that? This bounty hunter dude? Like, who does he think he is coming to bring me in? I don't think so. I'm trying to watch Sanford and Son and watch SpaghettiOs, Johnny. What the hell is this? Damn it. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like you were dealing with somebody who has been highly trained and gone through a very specific four-hour course. He is, uh, he is hatted. He is no longer hatless. <laughs> I mean, he was well-versed in handcuffs and pepper spray, but so is my <laughs> Uncle Greg. I don't know. We don't talk about him, though. Ooh, Uncle Bad Touch. Hey, everybody, <laughs> welcome to Dang Old Podcast. No, he was a cop. What are you talking about? But um, Titch. <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> Welcome to Dangle Podcast. This is the weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy, Johnny, we take two episodes of the beloved adult animation classic King of the Hill, and we talk about the goods, the bads, and the uglies, and the highs and the lows, and we see if it holds up, and then we slap it with our super sexy, patented, it's always in heat rating system. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we might as well just get into this one, huh? Yeah, so our first episode this week is Pregnant Pause, and I... I... I hate that they spell it P-A-W-S. Oh, my God. Yeah. I just got it. Oh, my God. It is very bad, poor wordplay. Shame on you guys. Hard hard charcoal already. Already hard charcoal. (laughs) Hard charcoal. Um, I hate that puns. (laughs) We have an original air date of October 13, 1998. Uh, This is an episode written by Jonathan Abel and Glenn Berger previously seen them write um actually quite a few these guys have written a whole bunch with us west westy side story peggy the boggle champ the arrowhead meet the manger babies hank's dirty laundry they don't have a whole lot more um some of the I wonder ones if here this are pretty is one of their though. last one. Oh, is oh okay maybe okay. no they're about halfway through their tenure here and they've got some good ones coming up uh revenge of the ludafisk i always find is pretty funny cotton's plot's a fantastic episode those are yeah those are two really great ones yeah yeah like these guys are pretty good i've enjoyed what they've done so far for the most part no you haven't you hated <laughs> meet the manger babies like yeah i gave it its due it's an episode that needed to happen yeah it was um <laughs> so our cast of characters for pregnant pause are hank peggy and bobby hill luann platter dale gribble boom Hauer, bill dotrieve Khan, Supanusimpone, Buck Strickland, Stuart Dooley, uh, introducing one Jimmy Hellstrom. We have cameos from Dr. Rubin, unnamed bounty hunter. Lady Bird apparently gets her own cameo, and so does Buddy the Dog. I feel like Lady Bird ought to be a character in this one, but sure, okay. Yeah, well, and that's just it. It's I mean, she's the only one that's on this list here that doesn't have cameo next to her. Oh, oh, okay, I see, I see. So, I, I just, I've never seen them do that with an animated pet before. I don't know, mm-hmm. I'd have to go and check in the Simpsons wiki and see if they do that with Santa's little helper. Yeah. But, hmm. uh, let's see, you want my synopsis of this episode, Mark? Yeah, sure, because I bet yours is a lot better than mine is. 
<laughs> sure. Uh, Lady Bird is finally ready to have puppies, and Hank and Peggy start talking about having another child of their own, and Dale becomes a bounty hunter. Yeah, he does. Yes, he does. God, this is... I'm going to tell you all right now, and I'm sure Mark will agree with me, this is definitely an episode where the B story should have been the A story, and it's the only one I really care about watching. Here, here. So our A story characters are Hank and Peggy. Our B story character, singular, is Dale. I don't know. I like that they mash them up at the end here. I thought it was kind of clever how they got everybody to work together. Yeah. But overall, I this episode and the other one that we're going to do uh, today... I I have a disconnect with them. Okay. And I think a lot of it has to do with my personal choices of wanting children at all personally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't want children at all personally. So it's really hard for me to, like, really find the depth in this and really kind of satisfy or sympathize sympathize is the word i'm looking for here like sympathize with hank and peggy the emotional like pull of this whole episode is directed at anyone but me i feel like i feel that yeah yeah maybe that's my problem because i i literally i am in the same card as you i don't want kids i yeah barring some horrible accident freak accident no pun intended there but like uh, yeah i won't have them you know but yeah i I agree with you so, uh, what do you say we jump into some pros and we can talk about some notes? What do you What do you got for me for this episode, Mark? Oh, a lot of anger looks like. <laughs> oh no! You always know it's going to be a good episode when you start it off that way, huh, Mark? I know, but I don't even know where to start collecting my thoughts. Be- <sighs> this episode doesn't start. It doesn't have a start point. I don't really know what it's about. It's a weird episode. It's. I don't. It- I really think that they wanted to talk about Dale being a bounty hunter, but okay. they couldn't give Dale his own episode. Not you know what yet. I mean? No, not yet. Too, yeah. You are you a South Park fan? I think this is how I can start this I the am. best way. Are you you're a South Park fan, right? Yeah. Um, have you seen the one canceled where they go up into space and learn that Earth is a big reality TV show? <laughs> I have. I don't think I have actually. It's. I want to say seasons five or six maybe, but they basically figure out that um, Earth is a reality TV show. The planet was seeded by aliens for a cable network because there's a planet for deer and a planet for white people and a planet for black people. And like, but they took all of us and mashed us together and they're just watching the hilarity and Sue about it. But the, the guy that's explaining it to this, to them, this alien is, he says something to the effect of, a show should never go past three seasons because then the storylines just get all jumbled up and they don't make any real sense. And God damn it, if dude, we're in season three. This is episode three of season three. I don't know what happens in this episode, but I can tell you that outside of the Dale moments, I hate every part of it. Okay. It's, and then, okay, but then too, like, it's such a cheap episode. I don't have any pros for this one, I don't think. Like, oh, wow. <clears throat> Um, oh, okay, I can give you one singular pro for this one. Okay. If you watch this on subtitles, like I do, Dale's sha-sha-sha-sha, that's called <laughs> kiaying. That's the only, we now have a term to put for this. But even that, kiaying. I don't like, I would rather call it sha-sha-shaing. Like, I... Yeah, oh, yeah. Do you have anything? I'm, this one upset me, dude. Like, I, I was ready to, like, call the whole damn show after watching this one today, man. 
No, it's well, and I'm hoping that uh, I can bring you back with a little because I don't have a lot for this. And like yeah. I said, this episode is not for me. It's not directed towards me. It's not written for me. It's one that I have a really hard time with connecting. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a good, like for the what it is, what the concept is, it, it's a very good episode. And it's another one of our, our King of the Hill classics here that tackles a very difficult subject, which is infertility. Like, damn, does this show hit every single we really had to get here at some point. Moment. We had to get here at some point. We've talked about Hank and his narrow urethra, and sure, yeah. Okay. Right, they've made it a joke so many times that now they have to actually have the payoff of, okay, since we want to keep making fun of him for this, let's give him the one real good episode where they show him struggling with it because it makes it more funny, Yeah, basically. So You mean next episode is when it gets good, right? Hey, oh, God, I wish. I really do. <laughs> Uh, so for pros on this, I think it's a pro that this is our first Hank and Ladybird episode. Okay. You know, we've seen Hank and Ladybird do their thing. We know that he has a very much large affinity for his dog, even more so than his son at times. But we haven't ever had a whole episode to really explore that. And I really like seeing how excite- excited Hank gets. Okay. So, and maybe that is that part I can connect with because I've got a dog. I've got two cats. I absolutely adore all of my animals more than any human I would ever create. Mm -hmm. I already know it. (laughs) Right. So uh, I see that as a pro. I see that as a very good step of, okay, we're we're getting a Hank and Ladybird episode. That is how I justify not hating this A story. It's not really about what the actual A story is about. It's about the thing they used to as, as their plot device, basically. Uh, okay. I love Dale's subplot, and that also makes me like this episode. Not love it, but like this episode. His idiocy in this and just how ridiculous and paranoid and how perfect of a fit it was to have him be a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. And then have him actually stack up against other bounty hunters with stupid stuff. I think it ends like it, like it's a fantastic story. I think you're right. They wanted to do a Dale story, but they couldn't do it on his own. So yeah. they had to find something else. And they probably mishmashed together an episode they were going to do on its own and said, well, we have enough of this and enough of this to make one episode. How do we th- how do we put them together? Yeah. Um. And then I like the ending of this, even though it doesn't directly fit me and my lifestyle. uh, I think it very much humanizes Hank and Peggy in a very tough situation. Mm -hmm. I don't like watching TV where somebody sits there and moans and cries and wants pity the entire episode, even if they've been through something traumatic. I can only watch so much of that shit, and I don't want to watch it in King of the Hill. Right. So to have Peggy just continually, like, it gave me anxiety to watch her continually get pissed off and pissed off and pissed off. And every time Hank brings up Ladybird, you can visibly see her trembling and shaking and angry that he never treated her this way. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't like watching this. It's yeah. not fun because I know it's going to fix itself in the end, but you guys are dragging me through this very uncomfortable situation unnecessarily. Yeah. So... I mean, that's those are the pros that I have for this episode. There's not a lot of them, and I had to really kind of cherry pick because, honestly, I don't know how many more times I watch this series, and I don't know how many more times this one makes the cut. 
I was even confused about, and we'll talk about it when we get there, but, like, I, I guess I thought that uh, Next of Shin was this episode, too, but I thought this mm-hmm. was a different episode also. I... I think what I'm trying to say is I don't remember this episode. I don't, I remember it, but I don't remember it. I remember Dale being a bounty hunter. I remember Hank and Peggy fighting. I remember Lady Bird, the pup, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. For, I, for a, what seems to be an intentional plot device, because they do do this, they've carried over to the next episode of, yep, they're still going to try and have a baby and they're still going to do this. Like it was very much to forward the story and they mm-hmm. wanted real stakes in it. Damn, is it forgettable. We've talked a lot, though, about how we appreciate King of the Hill because you and I grew up, or didn't grow up, but, like, dude, they're introducing a storyline now. They're gonna, Without giving it away, this is how this season ends, is with Dee Dee being crazy pregnant and we're carrying it through and all this shit. Yeah. I don't want this. I don't want. I don't want it. I don't want episodic. I want it to be, I want it to be individuals. I want to be able to watch an episode and... I don't the like occasional this. two-parter is fun. That's cool. No problem with that. But like, there's just Game of Thrones in it. That's all that this is. And yeah, man, they did it wrong. They jumped to season eight of Game of Thrones for this one. Like, for sure. Well, and this is first thing uh, for all intents game. and purposes, this is a two-parter, and they don't like to acknowledge it. It's but also- even even to the fact that bounty hunter Dale will show up in the next episode. He's never yeah. like carried that sort of shit more than one episode. Yeah. I guess that is one pro we can give him. We talk about um, Dale and his weirdness. Dale just has an Arlen floral uh, jumpsuit. Yeah. That's that's kind of funny. And then I had this theory that maybe Dale gets all this stuff because he goes and when he fumigates, he'll just steal a jumpsuit that's in his size because <laughs> he, he puts it under his, like, expenses or something. They're not going to miss, you know, a, a, a 42 long jumpsuit, but it'll be fine, you know? Right. But, yeah, I... Hmm. Also, why would a florist have a jumpsuit? Huh? Why would a florist have a jumpsuit? Well, those roses get prickly. I, did, I don't know. <laughs> or they don't. What if... Da- okay, other one. Um, Dale is best friends with Octavio. We see this before we'll see it again. Octavio has connections to like some weird cheap suit manufacturing deal in Mexico, so Dale just pays him to like custom make a couple suits or like jumpsuits for him. Right. Sure, I don't know. That's what it is. Octavio runs a theater company in Mexico. We just never get to see it. And so Dale just <laughs> steals this shit and puts Arlen floral on it. That's why he has a general costume. That's, yeah, I don't know. I, I I got nothing. I'm trying to justify why this is an okay episode and I can't. Um, it's ugly. So, it's super, super ugly. I had the note. I, I thought this was like a company man one where it was such bad animation, but maybe it's because they jumped it. And then literally all of that was dashed away with the second episode or the follow-up to this one. And um, okay, so let's if we're if we don't have any more pros, man. Do let's you have jump anything like? Um, I okay, I guess I've got one pro, and it was the gay guys in the park. I thought they were funny when Hank goes, "Do you and your brother yeah. want to go get a beer?" That was kind of fun, but <laughs> yeah, I wanted to. But I, again, we we talk about like missed opportunities, man. I wanted to see that. I would love to see that scene. It'd be hilarious, you know? That exchange, yeah. Why didn't we get to see it? Yeah, I, I feel like they cheated us a little bit, really, more than I would anything. Have rather, I would have rather seen that than the 30 seconds of Lady Bird and Hank getting all weird as she's got a bow on her head and Buck coming in with his 
his suit on because he's going to a, a bachelor auction and shit. Like, what's the bachelor can, auction? I didn't get that. Is that a thing? Is it, it butt is, being gross? So, uh, no, like it's a bachelor auction is where you go to like a silent auction or a charity or something like that, and people can bid to spend a day with you, and all the money oh. they bid on you to spend the day with you goes to a charity. And then they realize that you're Apu and everyone wants to date you. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yes. And then they make you stand <laughs> there, but yes. it's super embarrassing. <laughs> cool. Yeah, okay. It's a, he it's said a very that sad I, plot device that's still I, around for some reason. I had no idea. I had no idea what that was when he said it, but okay, cool. At least there's one mystery solved for tonight. Yeah. Um, well, let's, uh, let's jump into cons, man. Uh, you go. I've been bitching a lot. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, I think that this episode, specifically the way that Hank talks about the two gay guys he meets, makes him out to be a homophobe, and I don't like that. Because he yeah. makes he makes it out to be like, you know what? These guys were super cool, and they had a lot of really good stuff to tell me, and then it all went horribly wrong. And it's like, okay, you're going you for the low blow, just low-hanging fruit here. Well, they took him to a bar, or he went. they went and got a beer. You know they yeah. took him to a gay bar. You yeah. know that Hank saw some... I don't think he was a homophobe. I think he was afraid of what he saw. Like, I guess, duh. That is whatever. But, like, I bet you Hank saw ass... ass I can't say the word. Assless chaps. And it blew his brain apart. And that's, like... It, it, that's yeah, what he's maybe. talking about. Like, not that it was, like, dudes, you know, up grinding up on each other. But just, like, oh, God. Assless... You know, it's... Or maybe the gay bar didn't have a fire exit. I don't know. It could be. Well, and Hank has also been known to blow things out of proportion that are not necessarily, like, needing to be blown out of proportion. When he meets Bug Gribble and finds out that he's gay, he makes a big deal out of it. But not for really for Bug being gay, just because it makes him uncomfortable. I, I get it, though. I mean, it's, again, like, the context of it. You can't be gay in Texas. We 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 talked about this before. Yeah. Like it's especially not in the nineties, you know. Oh yeah. So I don't know. To me, it felt a little homophobic, but maybe I'm maybe I'm just reading into it a little bit too much. Yeah. Um. Let's see. We have a weird Peggy's mom moment where she gets mad and tries to call her mom. And I that thought that was great. I thought that was she so hates great. Her mom. <laughs> yeah, but she doesn't hate her yet though, because like we saw her in um I remember Mono, and she was around like. She doesn't despise the woman yet. No, but she can't use contractions around her. Fair. You are beating that horse, buddy. <laughs> she cannot use contractions around her. Excuse me. Thank you. Um, I thought that little bit was hilarious. Like j that little thing of um, Buck's number is on the speed dial under your mother. And it's <laughs> yeah. odd. And then she calls. I need to stay with you. Oh, hi, Mr. Strickland. That, I thought that was pretty funny. Right. Uh, and I think making Bill eat the hormone biscuits is it's a low blow and doesn't need to happen. Is that this episode or the next one? It's this no, one. No, it is this one. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's this one. And I just don't think it like it's, it's a foil gross. for Bobby to feel uh, in, insecure about himself and for That's, Bill to have some power. That whole, what do you call it? Is that a B plot? Is that an A sub one plot? Like that That's whole an bit A sub one plot. That whole thing irritates me. Again, we got Bobby getting money. Which doesn't make sense, but whatever. It, it, this bit makes more sense to me than him and Luann getting the professional carpet cleaners. But okay, I don't know because what does it say? Those cost twenty nine dollars. But yeah. I do have the note as a con. Bill's a piece of shit. 
He's also gross. See, like, Hank has to make a point to close the blinds when him and Peggy are trying to hump. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah, comb over Bill. I was all, But I was going to say, also, we get comb over Bill, and I think comb over Bill is my favorite iteration of Bill so far, <laughs> that we've seen so far. So far, yeah. I love the bulldozer, but that's me. <laughs> yeah. What else? What else you got for cons, bud? That's. I mean, really, those are other than the the episode is not directed towards me. I feel like we're gonna harp on that in this one and the next one. Okay. So it's just like it just wasn't very enjoyable for me. I didn't have a lot of bad things to say. It's just not for me. I got a lot of bad shit to say. Do you mind? No, go rip into it, man. I hate. Anytime Ladybird is on screen. I don't like seeing Ladybird anyway because she kind of grosses me out because you can smell her. I can smell her. I don't know. <laughs> I don't like to see Ladybird, period. I don't think it's I don't like her anyway. She's gross. She makes me nervous. I don't like Hank's weird infatuation with her. I don't like any part of her, but in this episode it's even grosser. It, take off the underwear. It's so weird. It's so gross. It's so creepy. I not creepy. I get it. Like you're breeding dogs, whatever. It's a, it's a world that I have no knowledge of. And I don't, for, for a goddamn reason, I don't want to know about it, but I hate it. Yeah. I hate Ladybird's geriatric ass. It's just gross. You know that stud up bucks just ripped her up, that poor goddamn dog. Um, well, and 13 years is a long time for a dog to be alive. That's what I'm for saying. For any dog. Yeah. And it's... It's always weird to me, and we're going to see this later on. Lady Bird is still around through the run of the series, and that's weird to me, but I'm glad that she doesn't die because I don't think I could handle, like, a cartoon dog dying even if I hated it, but... Yeah. Um, I said it before, animation is goddamn ugly in this one. It's terrible. Yeah. There are so many lines where the tracking on Hank does not match the lines coming out of Hank. And it pisses me off. This is season three. They have won a friggin' Emmy for animation in season two with Texas City Twister. This is ridiculous, dude. Like, at this, I, I don't mean to get so upset about it, but this is dumb. There's no reason that this should be this way. No, we haven't. We have an expected standard at this point, and they're not hitting even the standard. It doesn't have to have every episode be Emmy worthy, but. This episode is not even the standard. No, no, and I'm not saying it needs to be. Don't, don't mistake me. I understand like animation's tough and shit, but not Emmy worthy. But man, maybe just like mask the tracking a little bit, or like track the voiceover a little bit better. I don't know. Um, Hank is really one dimensional in this one with his weird need to breed Ladybird, and I know I'm bitching a lot about Hank and Ladybird, and that was like your one happy moment of this episode. Yeah. But even just with the, oh, yeah, I took your mom's number off the phone to so I could call my boss to come get our dogs to bone. It's, I don't like it, man. It it makes me feel gross inside, and I don't know. I, the only upbeat of this is, like, Dale and then meeting himself, and I think that's funny and nice yeah. hat. You too. It's it's those little moments, but, like, I I, I also think it's funny the weird little parallels. Like the guys watching Sanford and Son. We've seen Dale watching Sanford and Son. Yep. That's fun. I like that little bit, but there's so much about th this episode that I don't like. I talked um, last episode, and I said it took us. Ha it took too long to start. I don't know where this episode starts. Somewhere in the neighborhood of the flashback in the fertility clinic, which is super, super shoehorned in. Fine. Okay. You yeah. got to tell this little bit of the story. I get it. This is how they're getting it through. 
But man, and then like the uh, even the even the reconciliation in the truck, I don't buy it. Um, also, those dogs can't duck under those friggin' doors. All of it, just so much of this episode pisses me off. I gotta, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I I'm, I'm like overwhelmed by my dislike of this episode. I even have That's like okay. this is a rough start. This is a rough way to start season three off. Like. Well, mm. I, we had so many, like, the first two episodes in this are solid with um, Death of a Propane Salesman and They Call It Bobby Love. Yeah. And it, it definitely feels like they, they tanked it for this, too, because they tried to make that double story and tried to really raise the stakes for it. And it's like, guys, yeah. you're going to find out real quick we don't want this. I, 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 yeah, and I can't, I don't want to get mad at him because I guess more power to you for trying something a little bit different, but man, I don't know. It's, I have to imagine that the reaction to this episode is why never later on in the series, as things progress, do Hank and Peggy ever even try for another kid again. But they kind of come to the conclusion that they don't, well, spoilers, I guess, whatever, but yeah, yeah. But they can't either. It's. I don't like any of it. I don't like any of the parallel. I don't like the idea. Okay, okay, so how do you do this? Hank wants to breed Ladybird. She's running out of time. She's super old. You're saying the same thing about Peggy, and Hank's not saying it. Don't get me wrong. We're, 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 we're. <clears throat> I'm so upset I That's can't what even we're talk. Inferring. I'm having my fucking cascade failure here. We're just. You're treating, you're, you're saying the same thing. Peggy's a dog. That's all it is. Peggy, uh, women in general are only good for one thing and is pumping out babies. And that's not what they're saying. I get it. But the parallel is the same thing and it's gross and it makes me feel bad about it. And I don't know. It's just, there's so much bad with this. I, oof, oof, Well, and says knowing I. that Hank and Peggy went to high school t- together and we, we discussed last episode how canonically Hank is 45 years old. A 45-year-old woman having a baby is not a good... Like, it's not a good idea most times. No. Yes, it can happen. Usually, the, the like, risks for that sort of pregnancy are huge. Yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? Give uh, give Hank and Peggy a Down syndrome kid? Here's my problem with this episode. I don't know what happens in this episode versus what happens in the next episode. I the Even the animation is grossly different and fine, whatever, but, like... I feel like this episode was trying to be like all this shit because we had to see Cotton again, because we had to get Didi pregnant, because we had to do this to jumpstart all this. So this episode is the weird like expositionary whipping boy and it pisses me off. Okay. That's my point. I think that I've been trying to like roundabout make this whole time, but no, sure. I've been bitching a lot. What? Tell me anything. Tell me anything at all, Johnny. I'm sorry. It's okay. I think we're uh, we're already down to favorite moments here. I couldn't find any retro rage here in this episode, but I wasn't like I, I just stopped kind of paying attention after a while. This is one of those episodes where I was hunting and searching and trying for something. Yeah. Um. A couple favorite moments for me. I love Buck's line of uh, "You're finally letting somebody howdy, ma'am, the debutante." Uh, just that. That's so gross. It's very gross, but coming out of Buck, it's hilarious because I can see him saying that about a dog or a stripper. Yeah. I bet he... God, you know he said it about Ms. Liz. Yep. You know he said it about Debbie. Like... 
Um, and then uh, my other favorite moment here, it's the it's his Dale moment right before he walks in to go and see Jimmy Hellstrom. Mm-hmm. He just goes, you know what? Two days and four hours ago, I was an untrained and untested no-hat. And all of a sudden, I really want to just describe myself as that. I'm a no-hat. You're a no-hat. <laughs> but that's that's what I got for favorite moments, man. There's not a lot in here. It's Dale. Dale's my favorite moment. You got more than I got. I don't even have a, I don't even have a favorite moment for this. Like, to say that Dale is a favorite moment isn't. Because it's the bright spot in a very crap episode. Okay. It's, okay, you and your buddies are up all night drinking Goldschlager schnapps. These are the little chunks of gold in the big old shit you take the next morning. Okay. That's that's where I'm at with this episode, man. <laughs> that's a very uh, specific way to describe that. I love it. Have you never drank a bunch of Goldschlager and then gotten the weird light morning after shits? Because it's an experience, bud. You ought to try it. I mean, I have, but I've never gone rooting around in them. Uh, Mark, would you like to tell the fine folks at home what our rating system is so that we can rate this bastard? I would love to rate this bastard. So starting at the bottom now we're here, just like Drake did, uh, is you got charcoal. It's a complete failure of an episode. You see this and you go, ah, crap, this one, and you hit next on your Hulu queue because we have that technology now. A little bit above that is Megalo. Megalo's a bronze rating. You can get through it, but, oh, God, it's it's a beer and a half of an episode. I, I, that's, that's a Megalos, a beer and a half to get through her. Above that is a Butane. Butane's a bastard gas. This is a bastard episode, and it's, it's a silver medal. It's not great, but it's not terrible. You'll get through it. If you are hungover from drinking a bunch of uh, Goldschlager, you'll have this on and pay more attention to it than whatever weird mobile game you got on your phone. Above that is the Char King. We decided last episode, Johnny, that if you and I come together and both give it a Char King, it becomes a Char King Imperial. But that's our gold rating, and it's really, really, really good. And it's just it's got it's got a couple things that just kind of maybe stop a little bit from being a perfect episode of not just King of the Hill, but just TV in general. And finally, above that is our Blue Flame of Valor, and that's the best you can ever, ever get. It's fantastic television, fantastic King of the Hill. We see character growth and development, and we're all the better for having watched this. And so without further ado, Johnny, what are you giving pregnant pause? Did you see what I did there? I, I see what you did there. <laughs> so initially, Mark, I gave this a butane. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it's a sweet episode. The B plot's way more memorable than the A plots. Uh, I like the way that you described it as basically it is all exposition for the next episode. And that kind of blows because you get robbed of half of an episode. Um, after this conversation, I'm actually going to downgrade it. It's uh this is not going to be a butane. It's going to be a megalo for me. Is it really? This is a bronze tier episode for me. Uh, it's got enough in here and enough good moments. Dale saves it. From being a charcoal okay because bounty hunter if we, if we were gonna get a bounty hunter episode of dale i'd much rather have at least half of one than none at all okay how about you man um i'm gonna go out here and i'm just gonna say it i'm sure you could have called it already i'm giving this a charcoal this episode sucks it's ugly it's hard to watch um it doesn't resonate with you it doesn't really resonate with me and for vastly different reasons um, the next time that I rewatch King of the Hill, I'm hitting skip on this one. I don't like this episode. And Dale being fun and Dale isn't good enough for me to even give it a, a, a butane or a megalo. It's okay. It, 
just the little anytime we see Dale, Dale's fantastic. And then to say that Dale saves the episode, well no. You shouldn't need Dale to save a damn episode. Like and I understand they can't all be winners, they can't all be great, but man, don't like this one. Do not care for it. I'm definitely hitting skip. It's a turd in a punch bowl of the third season for sure. And this is how we're starting the third season. We're not starting, but man, we're God, it this is episode three of it. Like you can't be you can't be pulling this shit. Like, we had high highs and low lows already. Oh, this is the this is the lowest we've gotten. I feel like okay. Yeah, yeah. Here we are. But you know what? What did we say this was? Episode twenty one, right? This is that was episode thirty nine. No, no. For you and I, this is our twenty first episode, right? This will be our twentieth. That was last episode. I thought. Mm, no, it should. You said nineteen twenty. I'm sorry. I'm. So- Dude, I'm so sorry. I've been up since I've been up since 1:30, dude. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. Um, okay, no, it's cool though. We're we are now officially both on the scoreboard for every single scoring tier, and that's a fun moment, if nothing else. It is. It took us 20 episodes to get there. Yeah. All right. What about you, bud? Or no, you said butane. I'm sorry. I I was really hoping you'd change your mind. <laughs> No, I did change it. I changed it down to a megalo. My official I, I, is megalo. No, I know, but I was really hoping you changed it again to go. You know, you know, f- this episode. Mark's right. <laughs> no, no, no such luck. I don't hate it that much. I, I will simply watch the Dale parts. Like I said, this will be on in the background. I'll probably let it autoplay. Okay. And I'm not going to pay attention to the rest of this episode. Okay. Good, good, good enough. That's that's fine. I yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we bop on over to episode 40, Next of Shin. Next of Shin. Next of episode, Next of Shin. There we go. Uh, Original air date, November 3rd, 1998. Writers are the Allens. Alan Cohen and Alan Friedland. The Allens are back, Johnny. The Allens are back. It's a cotton episode. Of course they're back. Yes, it is. Yeah. I like that. I like that we're seeing these little patterns. It's... Oh, for sure. Well, and this yeah. is a weird cotton episode for them to do because it's not a very good cotton episode, I don't think. Okay. I would I would definitely put some of even his later appearances in the series up as better episodes than this one. All right. Well, well hell, let's get into her. Yeah. Uh, sarcastic characters, Hank Peggy and Bobby Hill, Lou Ann Platter, Dale and Nancy Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Deltrieve, Stuart Dooley, Cotton and Dee Dee Hill... John Redcorn, and I am not even going to try and pronounce the Indian doctor's name, but Indian uh, weenie doctor. Yep. <laughs> the urologist. <laughs> call, him the, call him a urologist. Yes. The, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Urologist. Yep. Uh, our synopsis for this episode, Hanky and... Wow. Hanky. Hank and Peggy. <laughs> you oh, can we call him? Love can we call him Hank? Hanky. Don't you want to improve your lovemaking for pennies a night, <laughs> Mr. Hank Hill? Um, <laughs> Hank and Peggy struggle to get pregnant, and Cotton has a big announcement. That's that's my synopsis, man. All right, good enough. Yeah. Um, I don't really. We don't really have a B story here. It's Hank, Peggy, and Cotton. The A story kind of like sublimates itself, I guess. Okay. Uh, halfway through this when cotton runs off but uh, i wouldn't say it's a b story because it, it's still tax on to the a yeah yeah i'll give you that yeah. i think it's i think it's just a story throughout really i mean it's not just because you change scenes doesn't mean it's a change in story oh exactly yeah um 
You got any notes for me, man? I got a couple notes. Um, number one, Hank has already forgotten everything he learned in the last episode. Great. <laughs> um, I also have a weird one, and I don't even know if I want to ask you this, but I wonder what my count is. I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I kind of... If I didn't think it'd cost me 140 bucks, I'd go find out. Pretty much. You know, it's... I found out that at this point, if I want a vasectomy, it is an unnecessary procedure. Yeah. Because uh, my wife has already had a procedure done to where we cannot have ch- can't have children. Mm-hmm. So uh, they flat out told me, like, nope, there's no reason for you to get this done, so we're not going to do it. So I don't know. I could always test it, but there's no real reason to. I feel like I'm that's not gonna really I'm not going to go and be shitty. a donator. I feel like that's really shitty, though, if you want to cheat on your wife. Like, come on. It's. I mean, if I wanted to, yeah. I, not that you... <laughs> You ever would? I just screw them. Like, what if you just don't no, want my, to have it? Like, my doctor straight up asked me, like, uh, wh- why do you want this? Like, isn't this already this, this whole problem already been solved? And I went, well, yeah, it's a sign of solidarity. I def- I've always wanted this as an option. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. When you're down here in six, however many months, whenever you come down, we're gonna do a couple things. Number one, I'm gonna find us a bounty hunter training school. Number two, okay. Number two, we're going to go down to Amarillo, Texas, eat a 72 ounces of steak. And finally, after that, we're going to go get vasectomies together. Okay. Tandem We're going to make a weekend of it, man. Yeah, and then we'll get our Tenacious D ass marks and everything will be great. <laughs> yes. And if anyone asks, we're in a domestic partnership and we've decided that we're swearing off children altogether. No one can say shit. Pretty much. Um... Yeah, that's pretty much all I've got for my weird notes, but I've got one a little bit later, but I wonder if you'll hit it, so... Okay. Yeah. How about you? You got any notes? Uh, I don't have any notes. I do got some pros here. Okay. Um, I love that everyone has their own home remedy for fixing their sperm count. I think that's a a funny concept, and that everybody's is so just weird, and Hank is so desperate at this point in the whole episode that he is trying everything, including sitting in a bathtub full of peaches three times a day. Megalo peaches, Johnny. Megalo peaches. God, that's such a waste of food. Like, he's basically just teabagging a bunch of, like, peachy syrup. I wondered... I wondered how, number one, how, how many cans it takes. Cause he says, okay. So he tells him to soak himself in peaches. What? Three times, three a day? times a day. Okay. Does he save the peaches? Number one, he just has like <laughs> a single vat of peaches that he just uses daily. Number two, in said vat of peaches, you know, he's not like number one, you know, that that is going to kill the 20 year shelf life on his 15 year old grout. Oh uh, God. Yes. Yeah. Um, but then like, did he just go buy a pallet of peaches from Megalomart? <laughs> right. Those are like, what? Those are like 15 ounce cans. There's, there's nothing in that. Like, honestly, I think that if Hank was to literally take the top off and teabag the peaches, it would be better off and more cost effective than trying to soak himself in peaches. But I I would agree. Exactly. Yeah, because you don't need to fully submerge yourself. Plus, can you imagine what the cleanup would look like for that? Oh, God. it's All of it's so gross. Even if you're only doing it once a day, you are doing it once a day. You're basically shoving 50 gallons worth of peaches into a trash bag every single day. Uh, yeah. 
It's, wow. It's rough. It's a lot of peaches, man. Uh, since we're talking about it, that's the only retro reference that I have for this episode is I don't know how many people know who the presidents of the United States of America are or know the song Peaches from them. It's a wonderful song. I know it. It still gets some airtime, but it's not as well known as it used to be. That's interesting. That's your retro. That's interesting. I had a retro reference rage and it was different. Did you? I did. But we'll get to that in a second. I, I want to ask you because I had this as a note. Sure. There's no way in hell the guys know that song. There's no way in hell they're aware of the presidents of the United States, right? I, it's a. It's so weird. Maybe on the, maybe on the radio, but like, I always kind of because we always see Hank just listen to country, you know, and the guys oh, yeah. by and large. But, and the gambler, and gambler's country though. Like that's <laughs> so lonesome. I could cry. That's country, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. Willie Nelson. Peggy's always, uh, she's singing Queen of Hearts and Hank's Dirty Laundry. You know, it's. Yeah. That's, that was just a weird thing. I, that one hung me up because I don't believe that Hank would know that song, let alone be able to fake his way through it. But it's not Hank that's, that's singing that. That is definitely Mike Judge. And my reasoning behind this, I know that Mike Judge likes to hang out with weird skaters. He hung out with the Jackass guys and makes a cameo in Jackass 2.5. Right. So, and all of those guys love to listen to weird punk music like Presidents of the United States of America. So that is Mike Judge singing. It's not Hank. Oh, no. I, yeah. I just, I don't buy it that any of the guys know it. And then you see Dale and Bill in the truck singing the song. Like, uh-huh. They're karaoke Yeah. yeah. But th- that was just a weird, like, thought for me. It was, I don't know if they, yeah. Oh, Yeah. Um, so as far as other pros go, and I don't know if this is really a pro, it's more of a note and kind of a question to you. Mm -hmm. Um, how in the hell does Boomhauer know Hank's weenie doctor so well that he is willing to break patient confidentiality with him? I don't think that the doctor is breaking patient confidentiality with him. I think that Boomhauer just knows this guy. Just knows that that's what he does. Well, yeah, I, so like I live in a town we've talked before. We both, both of us kind of live in towns about the size of what we assume Arlen is like somebody can tell me that, Oh yeah, I see this doctor. Oh, son of a bitch. That's my doctor, you know, or like it's, I got a cortisone shot today and I bet I could say that I could tell anybody that I work with that. I saw this dude North though. And they go, Oh yeah, I've seen that dude North though. You know, like, right. I don't think it's breaking Doctor patient confidentiality. I think the Boomhauer gets around, um, okay. not in that way, but like he gets around. He knows people. Like, sure, yeah. Okay. Um, another pro I've got here is I love the PTSD flashback that Cotton has with all the babies turning into Nazis and Tojos and everything else. I got a note for that. Let's hear it. Fantastic moment. The uh, the third or the second, the middle segment, those are Russian babies with that red star on their little helmets in the tanks. Uh-huh. We did not fight Russia in World War II. Also, we've discussed before that Cotton was not involved in the European theater for World War II. He was at Okinawa in, J- in, the, J- in the Pacific theater. Whatever. Right. It's a weird nitpick, but I was like, wait a minute. But past that, no, I, I really love Cotton's acid flash. Fla- Cotton, oh my God, Johnny. Cotton's <laughs> acid flashback. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Let's get some water in this bitch. I'm, I'm tanking. That's okay. 
Um, I do not think that Cotton cares enough to know Peggy's name. That's got to be it, right? I don't think he is calling her Hank's wife to be mean to her. I don't think he cares enough about her to learn her name because he's sitting at the bar with Bobby and he just keeps talking about stuff. And all of a sudden he goes, I'm so sad for your daddy and Hank's wife. They can't have a baby. Mm-hmm. Even to Bobby when she's not around, he just calls her Hank's wife. Yeah. So I don't know if – I don't think it's intentional. I don't think he's being mean on purpose to her. I think he probably gets a kick out of it that he doesn't know her name, but he just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've got one more pro here. So okay. I'm, I'm curious to see if you notice this. Yep. Hank is sitting in his garage, and he's sitting on a magnet. Uh-huh. The megalo magnet. And Bobby uh-huh. comes in, and he covers himself, and – what does he tell Bobby that he's looking at? Fuel filters. How many pickup. fuel filters is he looking at? Uh, a dozen, right? He's looking at a dozen fuel filters. But there's one missing, isn't there? Or am I wrong? Uh, no, but he's he's still he went back to Megalomart and they they cared enough to animate a dozen fuel filters, not just one. Okay, that's I a couldn't tell if one, one was missing callback. or not. Yeah, it is. So I'm gonna give you guys props for that because that's some deep cuts. Hell yeah. Let's hear some pros, Mark. You got some of those? I got a shitload of pros for this one. I really like this episode. Um, oh, good. Yeah. I, Dude, this one was like a breath of fresh air against the last one, man. I got to tell you. Number sure. one, anytime, almost any time Cotton's on screen, I love it. But my favorite Cotton moment in this one is when he goes, Mine's so wide I could pass the baby myself. <laughs> and that weird fucking power stance he takes. <laughs> I love that so much. I love I love that ass kissing Dale is back to kiss Cotton's ass. <laughs> yes. I love that. I love literally any second that Cotton's on here. I he's so funny. I also did you notice that the picture that Hank is showing is of Cotton at Bobby's birthday when he rides in on the horse? No. It is the birthday party when Cotton rides in on that horse. His introduction. No kidding. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, let's see what else. I really love the setup when they're going to the strip clubs in Vegas and Bill walks out and goes, I'm in love. And my mind snaps to, cause I kind of forgot the follow up line. My mind snaps to, Oh, for Christ's sake, he's going to be in love with a stripper. That was yep. the best pizza, deep dish pizza I've ever had. I love that. Tickles me wonderfully. Hey, Bill has a weakness for pizza. <laughs> oh, Man, you know. We will I, find out. Especially French bread pizza. Especially pretty pretty pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um I I I love all of it. I love Dee Dee giving Hank the pep talk. Hank, my stepson. <laughs> Cotton is small and wily. How will you find I love all I love all of it. Like it's it's really <laughs> solid. His just, I love that Hank screams to Peggy, oh, my dad's got out. I got to go find him. Like, he's a dog. He's a dog. My dad got out. I, I love. I also love them sitting in the car. Oh, look at him run. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, it's also a weird moment. I don't know if it's a pro or not, but literally the opening scene when Hank sticks the thing in the baby's diaper. Yeah. It's like... That's a weird moment, and maybe it's because I live in 2021 now, but 
I would never touch a child, let alone, like, a crying child, like, I do my damnedest to ignore it and tune right. it up, but, like, I would never pick one up and, like, blow its stomach. That's weird and gross. You don't do that shit. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's pretty much all I got for pros, short, short of me, like, you know, sucking Cotton's dick, but... Fair. Yeah... Uh, we had a, a conversation when I watched this episode, my wife and I, about she she asked me where Bobby gets his hair color from. Okay. Because both Hank and Peggy are naturally brunette. You know that they wouldn't dye their hair. And there yeah. is some blonde in Peggy's family line, but not through her. And you can definitely tell that Luann gets it from her mom, not her dad. I'm pretty sure right. Hoyt is also brunette. Yeah. And... It's it's it all comes from cotton. It's the only way. And this, by the way, to all you conspiracy theorists that th- seem to think there's a, a widely ex- like a widely accepted conspiracy theory that the only way Bobby ever existed is that Peggy got really drunk and really desperate one night and slept with Bill. I am so glad you're here. Go for it, buddy. Hit it. And this is absolute bullshit. And this yes. is like this right here. The fact that Bobby and Cotton have the exact same hairstyle is the linchpin in this. Not mm-hmm. to mention the fact that you all should get your heads out of your asses and realize that Peggy would never do that. Not even once. Like it's it's laughable that people think that this is an actual theory. But I don't know. People grasp at straws for everything. They like to ship weird things together. I hate that I just used the word ship like it was supposed to be used. It's okay, buddy. I, I don't know. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I, you know, Bill gets around. Dude gets more trim than just about anybody in the entire series. So you sent me that meme, and yeah, it's yeah, absolutely, yeah. And when you stop and think about it, I'm pretty sure he's pictured on screen more with more women than Boomhauer. I was thinking that. Yeah, I maybe. I don't know. It's too. It's too late to go back and start tallying Boomhauer's conquests, but. It, it is, yeah. I don't know if you and I really want to go and dig through all that, but <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. So Sorry, I, if all of you conspiracy theorists, maybe this is the end. Maybe this is where you stop because I'm not going to acquiesce to your, your nonsense, but absolutely not. Shut your damn mouth. No, it's Cotton such a dumb theory. It. <laughs> it's Peggy, a dumb theory. Number one, Peggy would never cheat on Hank. Doesn't matter. Number two, if she was going to cheat on Hank, it's sure shooting and going to be with Bill. She turns down no. uh, Dustin Hoffman, for Christ's sake, and Hank's got the willies. Like, it's not... Yeah. No. Like, the closest we've ever gotten to, like, any type of infidelity would come from the Arrowhead with, with Professor Lerner. Like, but even then, I, I honestly think that was more of, like, not a not an emotional... What, do you, what would you call that? Like, a knowledge cheating? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, intellectually cheating. Un- yeah, thank you, intellectually. Jesus, that's the word I wanted. Yeah, that one. Yeah. But even then, like, nah, not even a little bit, no. And then the whole, well, they look the same. Oh, shut up. Like, what, because they're both fat? That's your strongest argument? Go go, go play in traffic. Go Pretty dunk much. your balls in peaches. <laughs> you go dunk your balls in peaches, exactly. <laughs> um. So... Cons. 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 You go. I, I have one. gave you Okay, I gave you my two. It was the Russian baby and Hank does not know the song Peaches. Right. Yeah. Um I have one. Okay. And I don't know if you noticed this, and it's an animation like 
faux pas that just does not make sense to me when they're about to leave for Vegas. They do this uh-huh. weirdly, really weird, like, crane shot of everybody, back, like, getting ready to get into the car. And Hank shakes Peggy's hand for, like, ten solid seconds. I thought he was just saying goodbye to her because that he was shaking hands. And that's how you know he really cares when he's just, like, overly shaking it. But It's true, but it was too much for me. So that's a con for me. It just Good didn't enough. feel weird. Like, it just didn't feel authentic. You spent two episodes now telling me how they want to have a kid together. Yeah. It just is weird. Okay. Um, favorite moments, because we're already there. Before we get there, I want to ask you, what do you think of the, like, the Vegas bit? I like that it's not your stereotypical Vegas bit. Yeah. Nobody gets married. You see one little Elvis impersonator. For the most part, you see a lot of shit that probably doesn't even exist anymore. I don't know if the Mirage is still there. I don't think the gold dust is there anymore. You can see the stratosphere in the background of the opening shot, and that's about it. I think Circus Circus is gone, right? No, Circus Circus is still there. At least it was when I went there four years ago. I've never been to Vegas. I just... I thought they'd taken it down, but I might—I I don't know. Like, no, like I, I saw I a, a moderately okay free clown show there, and that was kind of cool. Oh, and I got to play – they've got a bitchin' arcade in there. That's about the best reason to go to Circus Circus. New plan. We're going to Vegas. Screw vasectomies and steak. I don't know. We'll probably find a 72-ounce steak in Vegas somewhere. That was – yeah, that's what I'm thinking, man. And I bet it's cheaper too. It might be. <laughs> I don't know. I liked their their Vegas trip. I thought it was very funny that they just po- like posted Dale outside of the Mirage with a big ass standee of of cotton. I like his little bit of him lighting his cigarette on the uh, volcano. Yeah. In the yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I no. I liked it too. I was just I because I, when we started this one, I kind of thought this was going to be one that you hated on a little bit, but I and I thought you were going to hate on it for the Vegas bit, but you you didn't. So I was I was just kind of no. curious. No, you know I definitely liked this episode a lot better than the last one. I will say that. Oh, but well, hell yeah! Like I mean, we we get caught in this. No amount of Dale usually can beat Cotton. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Okay. No so no amount moments. of Dale can beat Cotton. I like that. <laughs> I, I really mean, it's like really that. Hard. Unless it's no, a game-centric no, totally. episode. Just, just the way that, no, like yeah, no, it's I I would rather watch 5 minutes of Cotton being weird than a whole episode of Dale the Bounty Hunter, yeah. Well, Dale the Bounty Hunter, yes. Uh Dale the Stick Tech employee, no. That yeah, episode okay. is pure damn gold. Good enough, good enough. <laughs> uh so my, I have two favorite moments, Mark. Okay. Uh one is uh Hank trying to give a sperm sample. And just screaming, occupied, occupied, <laughs> and then getting offered a magazine and asking for popular mechanics. <laughs> yep. Damn, is that not just a perfect Hank moment? And then I I don't know what it was about this. Maybe it was just looking at my wife's reaction to it when we watched it earlier. But uh-huh. under his breath, when Cotton just says, oh, you know, this, this baby's going to be great for you. And he just says under his breath, if it's a boy... Oh God! Yeah, she lost it, and I—it was her reaction, and I—I I lost it too, probably more because of her. But just yeah. the the subtle way he says that, if it's a boy, it's oh, <laughs> made me chuckle. Yep. How about you, man? Before I do that, because you didn't hit it, I wondered if you would. Number one, Johnny, do you know the woman that they killed in Huntsville? 
Uh, no, and I was, I'm glad you brought that up because you and I have had this conversation before and I always forget this, but you are into some weird shit and you like to look this up. So I'm glad, yes, uh, I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, the woman that executed in Huntsville was, uh, Carla Faye Tucker. They executed her by lethal injection on the 2nd of February, we'll try that again, February 3rd, 1998. She killed two people with a pickaxe during a meth-fueled home burglary in Texas. Okay. So there's that one, Carla Faye Tucker. Um, gross enough. And also, I have a retro reference rage for you. Okay. How do they find where cotton is, Johnny? Uh, what star 69, do? Mark. Yeah. What the hell is a star 69? I'll even give you landline. I don't give a good goddamn about that. Holy shit, dude. Nobody knows who star 69 is unless you grew up in the 90s with that. Like, yeah, because most people nowadays are so used to having caller ID. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. programmed contacts into their phone. Yeah. There was a time, listeners, when you didn't know who the hell called you or where they were calling from. It's so... Man, that was such a... W- but then they say it like three times. I'm like, God, Star 69. And then like all the weird commercials started flashing in my head. Like, do you remember the call collect commercials with Mr. T? Yes. We have seen such a weird explosion in technology in our lives, Johnny. And I don't even know if we appreciate it enough. Especially around communication and phones. I I have I really enjoy the, the TV series Seinfeld. And I think yeah. we're one of the last generations to see it for really what it is and to really understand it in its context. And I say that because almost every single Seinfeld episode could be solved by giving one of them a cell phone. <laughs> like none of their hijinks would happen if one of them had a cell phone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and not even a smartphone, just a cell phone. <laughs> so I, yeah, all right, we've seen a lot of different, um, a lot of different things in our lives. I definitely remember Star Sixty Nine, but I can't imagine anybody else does. I uh, would be really curious to see what happens if you dialed Star Sixty Nine now. We could figure it out. Yeah, I mean, we could. I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, no, I guess we couldn't because I'm even like the last person. You gotta find someone with a landline like first. Oh, okay, I think I can solve this. I'll call you from my place of work. We've got a landline there. <laughs> there you go. Cool. <laughs> All right. Anyway, favorite moments. Um, literally follow up to yours with the. Can I have a popular mechanics? The doctor yelling down the hall. What exactly did you tell him to do? I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that so much. Like, um, I also love Peggy's super enthusiasm for Hank's 8 million little sperms. They must yep. have taken forever to count all those. Like, I, it's a cute Peggy moment. I'm glad that we're still getting little cute Peggy moments. And then finally, <laughs> oh, go ahead. I'm sure you gave it 110 million percent, Mark. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's a cute <laughs> little thing. I like that a lot. Um, and then finally, my favorite bit there is when they're all sitting around the dinner table talking about, like, Cotton having a kid. And Hank's like, so when the boy's 18, that'll be, I'll, I'll be, be dead. dead. Pass the beans. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And then I, I kind of got to wonder what happens to GH later on. But that is the biggest mystery of King of the Hill, I think. Yeah. One of them. That's really one of the only loose ends I ever really care to know. Yeah. Yeah, but past that, no, that's that's my favorite moment. You wanna you wanna rate this bad boy? Uh, I do. So I gave on a scale of charcoal to blue, blue flame of valor. I gave next of Shin a butane. 
Okay. It's pretty silver rank for me. Um, it's not something I like. I like I said with the earlier episode. It's not something I can really connect with. I don't want kids. So the bulk of this episode, I don't give a shit about. At yeah. least we get some fun cotton moments about it, and the idea of an eighty-five-year-old man having a kid is hilarious to me. Also, super gross. I don't yep. want to think about any of that. I, I. I mean, you have like, to imagine that uh, Mick Jagger's no, probably I don't. still getting it. No, up. I don't. No, I don't. I don't have to imagine anything. You say I have to imagine. I do not need to, and nor <laughs> will I, sir. And Paul McCartney still slays it, and his wife's like twenty. <sighs> he finds the right leg, right? <laughs> about you, man. What'd you rate this bad boy? Jokes that only you and I will get. Butane. Same reasons. I like it a lot. It's a. God damn, this is such a better episode than um, Pregnant Pause. Um, so let me ask you, do you think that if we cut Pregnant Pause altogether, would you, would this episode, and I guess we'll have to look at this next week when we do, when we talk about it, but do you think that the, that this story would be affected at all? Or can we just say that the Hills decided they want to try again for another baby? Do you know what I mean? I think you don't need the setup of the whole other extra episode. I think you're right. We could cut Pregnant Pause altogether. Yeah. Because you can still have Dale be the bounty hunter and chasing after Cotton. All he has to say is start the episode with, well, guys, I took a bounty hunter course and put on his new hat. I'd even, I would, no, I, I don't want to lose Dale the bounty hunter, but just put it in a different episode. Yeah. Okay. So even with that, like if we're cut, okay. So um, Bobby's trash can bit. You cut that out. You can put it in any other episode. I think if you cut the the dog bullshit, you can put Bounty Hunter Dale in any other episode. You don't even okay. need him kidnapping Ladybird. You can have him rolling up to this guy's house, kicking down the door, doing his daily bit, and nothing would change from it. Yeah, I we it could just be a you. This would just be a weird sideline. Also, why did they not bring Boomhauer to Vegas with them, do you think? I don't know. It's weird, right? But that does seem weird. Yeah. I just... That, that one kind of stuck out to me a little bit, but yeah. But that that's all I got, yeah. So, double yeah. butanes. We don't we don't hate it. Like, it's... No, it's... it's I'm, way it's better really than rare pe- Pregnant Paws. It's really rare to find a cotton episode I don't like, and this might be the lowest cotton episode in the whole series for me, and I still oh, wow. like it. Oh, wow. Oh, also Cotton's line of, oh, I got to kill that Jerry Terry fella that he just right. found out about. <laughs> I really like Cotton in this one. He's, he's Cotton's not a good person. He's not a good character, but he's, he's there, you know? He's very and lovable, man. He's lovable, and it's, yeah. And it's it's not hard to love him either, you know. No, his his half hearted slap to the waitress's ass in the bar is always always kills me. Yeah, just a little. Uh, also, Bob, we didn't talk about that. Bobby and Cotton in the bar—they're hilarious. Do you think yep. I wanted this? Oh, it's, I love it. Um, yeah, I guess we got to get out of here, huh? I think so. Why don't you tell the good people where they can find us, Johnny? Sure thing. Uh, you guys can email us at dangolepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us at Twitter at dangolepodcast on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at krautballstream. Kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball, and stream as in almost scream if I had to eat another krautball. 
How about you, Mark? Where can they find you? Have you eaten a one kraut bowl? I eat them all the time, dude. They're amazing. When you say kraut bowl, what's a kraut bowl? It's uh, basically pizza dough that is rolled up, like, and on the inside, it's uh, ground beef, seasonings, and sauerkraut. New new plan. To hell with Vegas, to hell with Amarillo. You're coming down here and making me some of them bad boys. That sounds delicious. Yeah, they're <laughs> like little. Yeah, they're like little handheld uh, German delights in your. Yeah. Oh god, that sounds wonderful. Sorry. <laughs> um, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. You can also find me find me on my other podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast. And yeah, that's that's all I got for tonight. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks, everybody. Sorry I was so down. Maybe we'll try better next week. Who can say? It's only going to go up from here. Until season six. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Good night.